This series has got me pumped. In fact, let me share with you a key scripture that the moment I read it, uh, it was like the Holy Spirit leapt out at me um, and, and said that we got to spend some time here and, and prepare the church here and do some teaching here so that you know that how you were made, how I was made, how we were wired originally, the attack against, oh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me just share with you Genesis chapter 5 verses 1 and 2 it simply says when God created human beings he made them to be like himself if you've got your Bible open that would be good to underline he made them to be like himself he created them male and female and he blessed them and he called them human and, and, and when I when I read that I just got so pumped like why is God so interested in us in fact I'm going to spend longer than usual this will be a six-week series um, on the third week will be Easter so I, I, I'm just telling you you're not going to want to miss any of these weeks but when Easter comes I'm just going to act like I'm starting the series over it'll be brand new content for you and I it'll be week three for everybody who came for the very first time it'll feel like week one because uh, I, I want to share um, there's three common themes that happen in humanity uh, for human beings that blow my mind okay all three of them blow my mind number one is the brokenness of humanity uh, you and I know that when we say I'm only human that doesn't speak to the glory of the creation that God made that speaks to my lack of perfection that speaks to my downfalls. That typically speaks to my shortcomings. So when we say, I'm only human, we're not glorifying God most of the time. We're, we're, we're excusing or justifying the fact that I'm not perfect and I got issues. And so th th that's one common theme that we're going to see throughout humanity. The second one is this, the attack of Satan against humanity. Like, why does it seem like all of Satan's attacks seem to be targeted at one type of creation? I don't see rocks being blown up every other day. Come on. I don't, I don't see other major issues. I don't read in the Bible that the, the enemy has got a major problem with frogs. He's got like some sort of phobia with them or anything. What he's got a sensitivity to, a, a, a threatening spirit towards, is human beings. So there is an attack of Satan, a deliberate agenda against human beings kind of makes you go great I love that I love being targeted <laughs> some of us love staying out of the uh, uh, of the bright light so that we wouldn't be targeted and yet you as a human by nature being human you are targeted and then finally the third theme is the love of God for humanity I almost add this and you'll see why as this series progresses the irrational love of God for humanity for if you go back to that first line the brokenness of humanity will oftentimes make me reason that in God's eyes we easily disqualify ourselves for a love that just seems unwavering unending unconditional that's why I love 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 the song we just sang um, that that no matter where we are he loves us as he finds us. 
Now, he doesn't want to just leave us there. His love's too good to leave us there, but he loves you right where you are at. And so these three things you're going to constantly see throughout this series, which makes it very, very interesting to me. In fact, here, if you'd like a sneak peek of what we're going to cover for the next week, next six weeks, I have it laid out. We are going to cover uh, and discuss our human original design we're going to talk about sin's effects and how it taints it. We're going to talk about Jesus' salvation. That's an Easter message, by the way. If you know somebody far from God, you're going to want to make sure that they come on Easter. If you know somebody who gave up on church, you're going to want to encourage them to come to church on Easter. We have some amazing things planned. We're going to also talk about the, a demonic agenda. There are demonic spirits just like there is a Holy Spirit. And we're going to talk just for one week about a demonic, demonic agendas. We're going to talk about overcoming weapons over those agendas. And finally, the power of forgiveness, all of which I'm telling you, you don't want to miss. Tell your neighbor right now, don't miss. Write in the chat to somebody else who's watching, don't miss. I'm going to be here with you or in person because this is going to be a great, great series. So what's so special about humans? What makes us stand out? Why do we end up in the apex, literally the crosshairs of an irrational love of God coming down, an attack of Satan coming up, and a brokenness left and right that on any given day, we don't know what mood the people in our lives are in or what social media is going to throw at us or what kind of curveballs life's going to happen or what kind of drivers are going to be next to us on the road. So what makes human beings, literally, I think it's the eighth wonder of the world and the greatest wonder of the world. Come on, you, you know, uh, history books and Wikipedia will tell you there's seven wonders of the world. I think the greatest is human beings. I mean, what other creation can think and reason the way we can? What other creation can love intimately, love brotherly, love friendshipally? I'm, go with me there. I get to make up words whenever I don't have words. <laughs> what kind of human being can show incredible wrath to? Um, I'm sorry, what, what, what kind of creation? And, and, and then to think about how all three, three things are colliding. Our Bibles are pointing towards the immense purpose, the immense topic of human beings. And you and I are in the middle of, the, of all that. So what makes human beings so special? I love James 1, verses 17 and 18 says about it. It says, God our Father, who created the lights in the heavens. We know God is a creator. Human beings are creations. There it is. God created the lights. He created the world. He created the globe. He hung the stars in the sky. I think as an artist, he's got it going on. And he did it all. He created the lights in the heaven. Then he chose to give birth to us. And we, out of all his creation, became his, underline these next two words, prized possession. I've said this before and I'll say it again. If God's got a refrigerator, your face is on it. <laughs> he, 
he doesn't have the antelope's face on it. <laughs> Come on. He doesn't have the Lion King's face on it, right? He, you know, I, I know some people are fired up about animals, but he's got humans always on his mind. We are his prized possession. Um, it, it makes me think, us? Sometimes you look around and you see the way we treat one another and you see wars on the eastern hemisphere and you see all kinds of attacks and you see social media and it makes you go, us? We're the pinnacle? We're the apex? We're the prize possession? Well, don't worry. It kind of reminds me of a little joke I once heard that I'd like to share with you today. It's called the circle of life. And I, I, I read this joke, and it'll develop a little bit. Bear with me, but it's, it's pretty funny. I can't stop laughing. At age four, success is not peeing in your pants. That's a good one. That's, that's truth there, yeah. At age 12, success is having friends. At age 16, success is having a driver's license. Shout out to Hannah. She got her permit this week. At age 25, success is having sex when married. Come on, that's a good one. All right. At age 35, success is having money. At age 50, success is having money. At age 60, success is having sex when married. At age 70, success is having a driver's license. At age 75, success is having friends. And at age 80, success is not peeing in your pants. Okay. Come on. <laughs> Gavin, I love you, man. You have become my favorite person for this experience. For today alone, it can change, all right? But I appreciate the standing ovation for those who couldn't see. Because this is the circle of life. Uh, of humans and we are his prized possession it makes you think sometimes a head scratcher yet when i see satan's attacks and when i see god's love for i realize there's something magnificent going on so in week one i've simply called this message origins i want to discuss the origins of how you and i were created what god had in mind and therefore what our target is if we're going to live in a sinful world with attacks against us and broken humanity all around us i want you to see what god's um uh what do you call that the the first draft of something come on when you innovate something it's called not the protege it's called the Prototype. Okay, I heard some of y'all saying it, but it all came at the same time. And so I give everyone credit for saying the right word. Many of y'all were wrong. Okay, anyway. I was wrong too. Let's pray. God, you had something amazing and fascinating, a masterpiece of mine when you created humans. And Father, a lot of times our brokenness screws that up or gets us off course, messes up the purpose. But, Father, you have great plans, and I pray that through this sermon series that we would see your revelatory plans that you had in mind, carry them out, and send Satan running as a result. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone who agreed with that said, amen. So let's go back to the origins. Let's get into Genesis chapter 1. And let's look at the creation of human beings. We know that for six days God created. On the first five days, God said it was good. But on the sixth day, he said something different. Let's look at his creation in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. I encourage you to write down that scripture reference. And you study it in your Bible this week. Because the word says that God spoke. 
let us make human beings in our image. He didn't say that about the, the, the stars in the sky and the moon that he hung. He didn't say that about making land and sea. He didn't say that about making platypuses because they are not made in God's image. Somebody help me. Come on. They're cute. They're cute, but they're not quite there. Okay, anyway. And he said, let's make human beings in our image. Making them reflecting our nature. I would underline that. So they can be responsible. I would underline that. For the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself. Don't ruin earth itself. And every, um, uh, and every animal that moves on the face of the earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, or your Bible might say, in his image. Reflecting God's nature, he created the male and female. He blessed them, and he said, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge, be responsible for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. And so God creates five days in a row, and his reaction to what he created was, it was good. That was good. I like it. Oh, yeah, I did, I did a pretty good job. Come on. I, I, still, I still got it, right? On the sixth day, he created human beings, and he said, that is very good. He added the word very when he saw it, when he saw us, and so there is just something about humans that absolutely tickle God and get them pumped. Come on, tell your neighbor, you tickle God. Yeah, I know. That's a little bit, a little bit cheesy. That's okay. Tell them. It, it's fun anyway. Say the word tickle. So God has four hopes for humans. I want you to write these down. God has four hopes for humans. Now, remember, this is before sin came into the world. This is before sin messed up his plans. This is the prototype. This is what we should strive to get back to. There are four hopes for humans. It was much easier before Adam and Eve bit the apple or whatever piece of fruit you want to argue it was. We'll talk about that next week. Let's jump into the four hopes for humans. Number one is the hope to have a relationship with God. First and foremost, God wants you and I to have a relationship with him. It, humans are unique compared to any other creation that we alone can have a relationship with God he, you can watch animal tamers all the time first of all we know that um, it, it, it doesn't seem like trees are having relationships with God okay um, he they are created by God lakes are not having ongoing relationships and dialogues we get that part but then you go to living beings breathing beings and and you could see a bunch of animal tamers trying to have relationships with animals and that's quite difficult I wonder in the same way if God is not the same way towards us trying to have relationships only we were given a capacity, a heart capacity, a reasoning capacity, a mental capacity, a spiritual place in our lives, a place for the Spirit of God in His image that we could relate. And I wonder how much He just wants to relate. He just wants to connect. In fact, Psalms 8-4 is one of my favorite scriptures for this series. It says, what are human beings that you think of? 
You ever thought that before? I've thought that after watching somebody absolutely cuss someone else up and down, left and right. I've thought that before after watching a brutal fist fight. I've watched that before after people uploaded on TikTok something that was destructive and harmful. I've wondered that before after watching the newest creation in the latest movie that's being released. I've wondered that before when I have seen human progress sometimes, some helpful, but some that can absolutely destroy mankind and it makes me wonder what are human beings that you think of them so much mere mortals that you visit them now that word visit I studied a little bit in its original Hebrew language that word means pakad pakad sounds a little bit like parkour okay anyway pakad some of y'all might get that and others it were right over parkour anyway pakad it means this a visitation for any purpose it reminds me of a grandfather or a grandmother saying, give me a reason to visit my grandchildren. Any reason whatsoever. <laughs> my child's got a dance recital coming up. It'll be eight hours. It's going to cost you $59 each. And, and you're going to have to sit there for nine hours straight. And she'll dance for about 90 seconds. And grandparents say, I'm there. Just give me a reason. Give me a reason to see my children again, my grandchildren again. They don't care about children anymore. They just want to see grandchildren, right? It's, it's just like you forget. You no longer exist. Like, let, me see, let me see my family again. Let me see my creation. Invite me over. It's almost like I'm eager for you to invite me over. Would you just give me a reason? Um, uh, they stubbed their toenail. I'm there. Can I come pray? Can I come pray? I'm there, right? This is God towards us. What are mere mortals that you visit them? The more appropriate terminology is to long to visit for any reason whatsoever. God could, I, I truly believe God could care less if you've got a, I need you to move heaven and earth prayer, or I need help finding a really good parking spot at Walmart. <laughs> I think that God is just like, we're talking again? Oh, I created you to talk. I, I, I looked forward to it. I waited all day. Holy Spirit's just waiting all day, just going, oh, every time you just turn to me, I desire to have a relationship with you. So much so that the term God desired to have more than any other term in your Bible is Father. I want a relational term with human beings. Something that they get so that they understand that I want to be a part of their daily life. I want to raise them up. I want to care for them. I want to protect them. I want to provide for them. I want to give to them. I want to be generous towards them. I want to see them. I want to smile with them. I want to laugh with them. I want to cut up with them. I want a relationship with my kids. And so he uses terms like Jesus says, uh, people say, hey, how do we speak to God? He says, how about start with this, our father. That'll move his heart right then and there. If you just start with those three lines, our, those two lines, those two words, our Father. And then, and then frequently they use the term Abba, which means Abba Father, my dearest, my closest, my affectionate Father. Um, God frequently refers to us as my children. These are relational terms because number one, the hope God has for humanity is to have a relationship with you. Religion just won't accomplish this. Doism just won't accomplish this. 
mere attendance at church just won't accomplish this. Can I encourage you? We once did a series that I'll, I'll repeat right now. Stop going to church and be the church. So I used to think that just showing up to church was like, God, I got you, man. Like, I winked at you. Come on. This service is going to suck straight up. But I'm here, and I'm suffering just like... Jesus was a suffering savior, right? I, I feel you. I feel you. Oh, I, how little did I know? Number one, I was not feeling him <laughs> just because I sat through at the time maybe a boring lecture. Um, but number two, God wanted so much more than just me going, I got you. I'll be here for the next hour if you need me, all right? Otherwise, you might have to wake me up because I fall asleep in church. <laughs> These regal seats are nice and comfy. All right. Um, God wanted so much more. He wanted to relate. He wanted to talk. He wanted to connect. Um, as a father, God's purpose was to have a family. For a father is not really a father if he has no family. And so God created human beings different from any other animal or any other creation so that he could finally have a family and when we see that God is always looking to restore us to a family then we start to understand why God is so happy to adopt us into his family though you were outsiders though you did not acknowledge me or like a prodigal son who has run from me I will run to you the moment you turn your face towards me and I will embrace you because the number one hope for humanity is to have a relationship with God you're going to find life is quite empty, quite lost when you don't have a relationship with God. You end up wandering, looking for relationships with other people and other things to fill the void. So we get hooked on game stations, so we get hooked on uh, drugs and alcohol, or we get hooked on improper relationships or we get hooked on desperate need for love from other places because it is only God and God alone who can fill the need that I need a relationship with him so write this down relationship with God is man's primary purpose relationship with God is man's primary purpose and so let me say it one last time that we're going to introduce the relationship, uh, many people to a relationship with God on week three of this series, which is Easter. Go ahead and start praying right now. Who does God have on my heart? Who comes to mind? One, two, three names start coming to mind. I need to invite them because they need a relationship with God or they're not going to find fulfillment. And so think about who you can personally invite. And then can I ask you a favor, church? I'm preaching to the choir at the 830 experience. But would you do me a favor and make plans to join us at the 830 experience? Because I have a feeling that many people are going to need to be in the house and coming into the house. And if you would come to the 830 experience, that would leave a ton of room for first-time guests and people who don't like to wake up early um, to come at 1015. I feel like it's going to be packed. Maybe you'll even pray about serving at the 1015 experience because it'll be such the time of my life serving and meeting all kinds of new people because we're going to introduce them to Jesus Christ. So that's my request. Does that sound good? Can you say, I could do that? All right, okay, that sounds pretty good. I hope I didn't make you commit to something you didn't want to. wasn't trying to manipulate you. <laughs> um, God desires a, create, a creature that would respond to him willingly and freely. Can I get a little bit uh, um, real deal with you? In a marriage bedroom, do you want a partner 
who responds to you reluctantly or responds to you freely and cheerfully. We all know what we desire. What do you think God desires? I don't think he desired when my time was like, man, got to go to church. Man, got to read my Bible. I don't really want to. I'm telling you, the Bible's not boring. It's oftentimes we get into a boring state whenever we read it. So anyway, God desires to have relationship with you. Um, so much so that I want to show you a few people of our church who we got to go last Sunday to Halo Homeless Shelter. They're part of our 1015 experience every single week. And I told you we were going to baptize them last week. And I want to tell, I want to show you some people who entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Check out this video. Hey, what's up, Lift family? In about an hour, we're going to get to baptize six people from the Halo Shelter. And we're so excited to see some of our very own dream team getting baptized there. They're making a public declaration of an inward decision. So we cannot wait in one hour to make this happen. Hi, my name is Anna Rasmere. I've accepted the Lord into my life. I want him to keep me forevermore and be my savior. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and in the precious name of Jesus. My name is Mark Wheatley. I'm on a dream team at Lift Church. I accept the Lord as my savior. I'm glad to be baptized tonight. Mark, you love Jesus Christ. Yes. Have you given your life to him? Yes. And then we baptize you, our brother, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in the precious name of Jesus. your life completely yes I have. then we baptize you our sister in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit in the precious name of jesus Day in, week in, week out, and we are just so pumped to be a small part of that. Number two, the second thing God wants, he wants to have a relationship with us, and he wants us to reflect his nature. Why are human beings held in such high regard? Well, only we were created in his image, and so only we can reflect his image properly. And so, um, write this down. God wants us to look like him. God wants us to look like him. What father wouldn't, by the way? I think about this. I feel most connected to my family. I feel most honored when my, when my children connect with me and they look like me in one way or another. For example, my oldest daughter, Bella, has gotten phenomenal at music. I'm telling you, she has got a gift. And so I love hearing her play and hearing her sing. She is my favorite worship leader. I, no, no, no shame to anybody else. I'm a little bit biased, okay? Uh, but she can sing and she can play. And when we spend time talking music, when 
we spend time talking keyboard, when we spend time like that, I love it because it reflects a little bit about the nature that I've been given. Or, or my second daughter, Amia, she wants to talk about soccer all the time. In fact, we got a game right after this today, and we're going to go out to the soccer field, and we spend time kicking the soccer ball. And I love when they reflect my nature, right? It just puts a smile on my face. Our, our, our third daughter is, is coming into her own and hasn't figured out exactly what she's doing, but she loves to spend time with me, and she says she wants to play keyboard, but our oldest daughter won't let her because that's her thing, and it ain't going to be no sliding up in this territory, right? That's what I'm hearing anyway. <laughs> so I love it. I told her, twinkle, twinkle, little star anyway, so you're going to have to deal with it. Okay, anyway, and so <laughs> I love that. Um, and, and so I love when our, my kids reflect us, and, and God wants us to reflect his nature too. And so, um, what is his nature? Two quick things to tell you about his nature. His nature is pure character and unconditional love. Look at pure character. Hebrews 4.13 says this. Everything is naked and exposed before God's eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. In other words, your character needs to be pure if you want to, number one, be like him, and number one, be comfortable in his presence, which, by the way, we're all going to see him one day when we pass away. And so we, he wants us to have that pure character, naked and exposed. It's the same way Adam and Eve were created, naked and they were unashamed. There's nothing to hide. In fact, our first series graphic for this series, I originally saw like just that male bare chest because it, what I was thinking was it, it elicits the thoughts of how Adam was created, it, everything exposed, how Jesus hung on the cross, I'm hiding nothing from you, look at my scars and wound, and also how you and I will be viewed in God's eyes. We can't hide anything. Come on, when we wear clothes, we can cover up piece of, parts of us that we don't really like. You know, we're like, you know, making sure certain things are well covered or protected and stuff. But when you're naked, it's kind of like, here it is. And our character will be that way with God. There will be no, don't look at that over here, or let me just hide that underneath your little chair, throne, God. You don't need to see that. We need to have pure, unadulterated character. And by the way, that's why we need the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ's forgiveness. And the second is unconditional love. Look at 1 John 4, 16 and 19. We know how much God loves us, and we have put our trust in his love. God is love. And all who live in love with, live in God, and God lives in them. We love because he first loved us. You're like, that was a tongue twister. Okay, let me break it down for you. We are loved, we are able to give love, and we are called to love. In fact, when we hate on others, we're not operating in the way that we were originally created. Jesus didn't tell Adam and Eve, go out there and put everybody in their place. <laughs> he didn't say, let everybody else know how you feel about their actions, their agendas, and how they behave. He, he said that we, we are called to be love cats like he is. And so I, I, I say love over hate. I say more love, less hate. The Bible says in the end times, there will be more and more love of yourself, and there will be more and more hate towards others. There will be more and more bickering and murdering and strife and issues and lies and condemnation. Here's the thing, guys. God's saying that love is the original intent. 
Hate is what happens when things are falling apart in my creation. See, hate is the agenda of the enemy. Let me show you real quick something that I learned that I hope this will help a little bit. Um, God is a lover. And he loves, and that makes us the loved. And so the way God desires this to work in us is that it goes this way for God. The lover loves the loved. You and I are the loved. And because he first loved us, we are now empowered and given strength for the loved to love the lover. He's been so good to us because he loves. In fact, I've tried to tell people this before. If you want to learn to love people more, learn to let the lover love you better. Some people have asked, Pastor, how do I love God more? You look like you're in love with God. How do I love him more? Let the lover love you better. In your mother's womb, he created you. He's, he's in love with you. And as you allow this to happen, you're going to find strength for this to happen. Was that helpful for anybody? I hope so. Okay, cool, cool. Y'all with me? All right, so the, uh, number three, the third, uh, hope for humanity. And the band's going to come because I'm going to rush through these last three, two points is to rule with him. God has a function for us is to rule with him. He, he, he said to go and rule and reign over all of creation, even the earth itself. Write this down. If you were made on purpose, then you have a purpose. If you were made on purpose, then you have a purpose. Now, if I created something, the band just joined me, so let me say if I created a song, does the creation or the song, does the song own me? Or do I own the song? Help me out. Uh, the creator owns the creation, right? Okay. Does the song rule me and tell me what to do? Or do I rule the song? Right. The creator has that right. This is why I created it. If we as human beings are the culmination of God's creation. How much more so does God not have a purpose for you and I, life song? In fact, I wrote it this way. If that song was the culmination of my creation, the best I ever did, if I'm a one-hit wonder, you better believe that I'm going to love and protect that song with everything I got. Just I, I, I would protect it like Sugar, Sugar Hill Gang protects Rapper's Delight, baby. It's the only song I got. Roll it back, baby. Everyone likes it. To the hip, to the hop, to the hippity-dippity-hop. You don't stop to the rocket, to the bang, bang, boogie, up, up, to the boogie, to the boogie, to the boogie, to the beat. Okay, something like that. To me, my friends, this is not a test. We're rapping to the beat. Okay. Somebody altered that up and they're like, hold up, that's the only song I got. <laughs> we on the list of one-hit wonder bands. Don't mess with it. I think when we mess with God's creational design with us, I wonder if God's not thinking that too. Oh, 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 hold up. This isn't how I created you. I saw recent news come out this week that further and further we're affirming that anytime the creation wants to tell the creator 
You messed up how you made me. I shall alter your creation. Don't worry, I'll fix it for you. It's like, it's like rapper's delight saying, this song sucks. Right? It's like the coffee maker saying, I no longer desire to make coffee. From now on, I'm going to start brewing milk. It's like, wait, wait, wait. Just, just make co- I made you to make coffee. Right? In the same way. It's like a bad Iron Man movie going wrong where I created some sort of AI and now all of a sudden the AI is taking and telling me how it's going to rule and it's destroying things. We need to be careful as to creation, something that defines us is we did not create ourselves. We did not give breath to our own lungs. God did that. As much as your mother loves you and carries you, she didn't put that breath in your lungs. God did. As much as your parents love you, they can't pick your eye color. They can't pick your hair color. They can't pick if you're going to be slim or thick. They can't pick your height. They wish they could help out in some of these areas. But guess what? There's still a creator who's behind the magic of each person. And we, as the creation, can't get in a place where we tell the creator, this is how you're going to do it. This is how I'm going to be. Now, what I love about God is back to number one, he desires a relationship. So he gives every human being free will, which is the right to go, I reject your creation. I reject your plans. I reject your love. I shall go my own way. Why would God give us that? Because no one can have a relationship with a robot. In order to have a relationship with humans, He had to give humans the free will to say, forget you, God. I don't need you. Then and only then can a human being say, I want you more than life itself. And it have immense meaning. So I hope that helps out a little bit. In fact, write this down. You and I were called to rule. Rule over what? He said, let us make man in our image so that they may rule. Rule over what? Rule over Satan, creation, and your own temptation. We are called to rule over Satan, creation, and your own temptation. Tell your neighbor, rule yourself. We better learn how to rule ourselves. And number four, he says, go and reproduce. God wants his children making children. What father wouldn't? I talked to uh, uh, parents who have older kids, and they're, what do they talk about the most? When we're going to have grandkids. Because... Because I want my children making children because I love it. I, I, love, I love family. I love, I love seeing more and loving more and being with more. And, and I wrote it this way, so let me just read it from my notes. God intended men and women to share in his joy by marrying and reproducing, to fill the earth with more reigning, more reigning, God-natured lovers of God who terrorize Satan and keep him up at night. Let me read that one more time. God intended men and women to share in his joy by marrying and reproducing. I heard a man say, that's the fun part right there. Amen. To fill the earth with more reigning, God-natured lovers of God who terrorize Satan and keep him up at night. That's what God's created humans to do. So in conclusion, running through all four, God created you to have a relationship with him, to reflect his image, to rule and reign with him, so that you could be fruitful and reproduce himself. But there was a problem. You're going to want to not miss next week as we talk about that.
But if you would, just bow your head, close your eyes as I pray over you. Father, in fact, put your hand over your heart. We're the apex of your creation. We're the highest point of what you did. And when I think about the galaxies, the Milky Way, the infinite stars in the sky, the sun, the moon, the land, animals that we've yet to discover in the air, below the water, on land, having various gifts and looks, and yet you call us your prized possession. Help us first and foremost see ourselves the way you see us, God. And then, Father, let these four hopes, let me take a step closer to them today so that you and I can be tighter than we've ever been and that I, we can live out my purpose. You have given us all purpose. And so, Father, I pray this over each person. In Jesus' name, I pray. And with every head bowed and every eye closed, before we dismiss, I just want to ask you a quick question. If, if you realize now that I'm not so great with God right now. I don't, I don't even know if I'm good with Him. I haven't done such a great job loving Him well. I haven't made, I've done such a great job with my decisions and my behaviors and the way I've treated other people. And I don't think I'm living up to this creative standard that He created for human beings. Then there's good news for you. That Jesus Christ came to wipe your slate clean and to give you a brand new life. The Bible says in Romans 5 that God demonstrated his own love for us in this way. While we were still sinning, Christ died for us anyway. In other words, you don't have to fix yourself to enter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. He'll love you as he finds you. So if you're in this place right now and you say, man, I'm a little broken, messed up, and disgusted, I'm, I'm a... I, 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 I got a lot of shame. But if he'll take me as he finds me right now, I'll give my life to him. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm not going to call you forward or embarrass you. But if you're at home or in person, would you just raise your hand real quick to heaven and just make a, make a sign to heaven that just says, that's me. Include me right now. Include me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray together as a church out loud just by repeating after me. Say, Father, thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. I'm a sinner and I've screwed up. Would you forgive me for the mistakes I've made? The times I let you down. I'm sorry for hurting you. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. You suffered and died in my place so that I could be released from this sin. Would you please forgive me? I am now a new person because of what you did for me. Help me to love for you and come live in my life. In Jesus Christ's name I pray. And let the relationship begin. As the church said, amen and amen.